Welcome, everybody, to a very special episode of Pop Culture Historians. The second very special episode uh, in a row. Last week, we talked all about a uh, TV movie, all about the first era of Doctor Who, Adventure in Space and Time. And now, it's award season once again. I got my tuxes on. I got all the envelopes over here. Jimmy, I think you have the, uh, I think you got the gift basket that all the attendees get over there, um, which is very cool. Uh, and we'll be talking about uh, basically, mostly the beginnings of the second era of Doctor Who uh, and the end of the first. Um, it's the Blinkies. Jimmy, how are you feeling? I'm uh, excited. Yeah. I'm that- ready to hand out some awards. Yeah, me too. That's Jimmy McShane over there. I'm Ryan Ritter. We are the Pop Culture Historians, and uh, I think we're ready to kick this off. I guess just a little primer for those who haven't listened to these uh, award episodes. We do them at the end of all of our seasons. We also have them over on the uh, uh, superhero side of things. Uh, we'll be picking back up with in a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, it's basically just a, it's a round of superlatives, a way to kind of capture the best and the worst of the season that was. Uh, in this case, it would be season four of classic Doctor Who, the end of the William Hartnell era and the beginning of the Patrick Troughton era. We've got all kinds of stuff here. We have, uh, uh, I, I, where I believe we're still doing a uh, favorite bad special effect. I realize this is, we can cut this, but you asked about it. Uh, I do have an answer, although it's kind of a, it's kind of a cheat answer. So I don't know if that's something we want to move forward with or not. I, I have an answer too. It just, I think it's hard in this era where so much is missing. Yes, uh, that, but, that, that, that's more or less like my answer is like a lot of the, uh, well, I won't, I won't step on it, but yeah, I have a similar philosophy about it. But I think, I think we should keep it going forward because there are some bad special effects coming up for us in the 70s. And oh, I'm so excited. It's worth, uh, it's worth uh, holding on to. So Perfect. Okay. Well, I'll reset here a little bit. But I just want to make sure we're doing that. Uh, favorite bad special effect. Uh, best cliffhanger and worst cliffhanger. The all-important MVP. But I think we should start, as we always do with these Doctor Who ones, uh, by talking about my, our favorite moments from each serial. It's a way to kind of um, remind ourselves of the, uh, the nominee pool a little bit. How does that sound? Let's do it. Yeah, so we start at the top of the season here. The first serial of Doctor Who season four, The Smugglers. Jimmy, what was your favorite moment from the Smugglers? Yeah, Smugglers, you know, I think it's probably one of the weaker serials of the season. I still kind of liked it. Um, but when I thought back to it, the, the, what stood out in my mind the most, what I thought was the most delightful, was the very beginning. Um, you know, Ben and Polly kind of being incredulous to the idea of their time traveling and the doctor just like half, half-assly trying to convince them, but like kind of enjoying their skepticism and <laughs> that you have new traveling companions and you know so that that early the first like first like maybe five or ten minutes of the smugglers was, was my favorite part uh, of that serial uh, yes i think we've landed in some sort of caves yeah well thanks for the young movies doctor now if you just open the wait floor. wait wait young man we don't know where we are we don't know if it's safe for what period with him well, I'll take a little bet with you, eh? London, 1966, Fitzroy Square. I came very close to picking the same moment because it is also very good. And I, I think it, you know, the Ben and Polly first Doctor uh, character dynamic was it turned out to be short-lived, but I think this indicated something that could have, uh, they could have mined if uh, William Hartnell had kept going. This kind of a uh, Ben being kind of headstrong, Polly being kind of skeptical of his headstrongness, and uh, the Doctor being like, eh, go at it, have a, have a good time. <laughs> 
<laughs> I almost picked that moment. And then I was reminded of another moment in episode three uh, where we, uh, William Hartnell gets to show off his uh, penchant for impish comedy one last time. And that's when uh, the doctor is locked up in the jail and he offers to read um, the guard Jamaica's fortune uh, as a way of getting out. That was out. great. Do you uh, wish me to carry on? Aye, I have no fear of what lies therein. Oh, uh, brave words, my friend, brave words. But these cards hold the secret to your life. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's always good whenever the doctor gets himself into a jam and he kind of just flim flams his way out of it. Um <laughs> So yeah, that was my moment from the Smugglers. A little underwhelming of a serial. Most uh, well, it's completely missing, which I think doesn't play in its favor. But um, right. Except for like all the violence, because that that footage has been found because it was uh, <laughs> cut. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's the Smugglers. A much more, a much stronger serial and a very important one. The Tenth Planet. Uh, I think we're gonna have the same for this i imagine probably for me yeah favorite moment of this is no question it's the doctor's regeneration it's the it sets the template it's classy it's a little chilling um yeah it's a strong serial so i hate to kind of boil it down to like the most famous thing about it but look there's just no other answer it's it's that scene at the very end Absolutely. And it's interesting because it's, it's definitely tacked on, but it's so well done, you don't mind. Um, it's elegant, it's well-directed, it's well-acted, and it's it's iconic, but not overstated, not overly dramatic. It's the best moment, and of course, it's it has allowed the show to continue going on as long as it has. I think, it's, I think there's something to be said for being the first to do something where... Um they're just trying to get through it and like tell the story as best they can with the constraints that they have. Um, there's no like, how are we going to like pay honor to like the regeneration process? There's like get something on the camera that looks cool. And I think that that, I think that really shows here. I agree. I agree. Uh, okay. 10th planet. Uh, and equally as monumental, uh, completely missing serial, but at least we have a, a animation of this one. The power of the Daleks. Jimmy, what was your, favorite moment or top moment from the power of the Daleks. My top moment, I think was in episode four, but I didn't double check that was, um, you know, when the kind of half crazed scientist is checking in on the Daleks who he thought was the servant. And he sees the Daleks like manufacturing more Daleks. Kind of like that whole uh, Dalek assembly line where they're taking the embryos out of the, uh, you know, water like kind of tanks and putting them in the Dalek casings and you kind of get you you actually get like perfect clarity what the Daleks are um and I thought it was really well done because it was from the point of view of someone who's also seeing it for the first time and mm, good point kind of like the, the his horror realizing he'd been subterfuged by the Daleks pretty heavily I thought that was a great moment and that was my favorite part of that one Complete. Check. Dalek 10. Complete. Check. We are like 11. 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 Complete. Check. We
Yeah, look, it's a great moment and uh, it's a great it's a great role. I don't remember the name of the guy, but um the 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 scientist that kind of loses his mind as he kind of realizes his gambit about trusting the Daleks has not paid off. It's, it's a nice juicy little role. Uh mine comes much earlier in this the, the story how the Daleks. In fact, it canonically happens minutes after my last uh, top moment. <laughs> it's uh it's the new doctor waking up and getting like specifically I wrote down like getting drumming in his head just so I could tie it down to a specific moment. But really it is like the whole like opening minutes of like the second doctor's life, quote unquote. I know that's not quite right. Because it was such an off kilter way of doing it. They could have just had him get up be like, I'm good, let's go. Like, uh, but they they really show him like kind of recovering from being regenerated. Like his head hurts because all this drumming and like there's all these like little disconnected phrases playing in his head. And he's stuff has fallen off of him. Like the the ring that was the first doctor uh staple uh, falls off of him and he's pulling all, all these old books and stuff. They could have just brushed it off and went like, all right, here's a new guy. Let's go. But instead, they kind of take their time with it and they make it kind of weird and kind of almost, almost creepy. It's not quite creepy, but it kind of, it's a little unnerving. <laughs> um, I thought that was a great choice. and It's not necessarily the intuitive choice, but it was ultimately the correct one. So that was my top moment. That's a good choice. Uh, I think that that's something I almost picked as well because it is such a important choice and kind of done in a good but wacky way. Um, and like you said, it, it kind of you know it sets the template a bit for how how the renewals, as they called it at the time, were were going to be. And it was like you said they could have just brushed it off. It could have just been like, a, oh, I'm different now. Mm-hmm. No, they they did they they did a good job of making it interesting and making it dramatic. Yeah, uh, it, it, the whole future of the show was kind of decided in this moment here, uh, as you as you alluded to, and I think that's that that can't be taken for granted. No, not at all. The Highlanders. Um, I, I admit I had a little trouble remembering uh, everything about this one. Uh, so I think sometimes when those things happen, I kind of default to like the moments that immediately come to mind. And for me, it was the doctor convincing Perkins he's losing his mind. Um, I think it was like episode two, I think. But the doctor's already kind of, uh, again, he's kind of, this flim flam gene has transferred over from the first to the second doctor. And the doctor's already gotten the real main villain, uh, Trask, I believe, Um kind of all like discombobulated like he's like stuffed in the closet and like tied up and then here in comes in like a henchman basically and to kind of throw this henchman off the trail the doctor goes like oh you're very sick and you're hearing noises and stuff like well the villain's like banging on the closet door he's like oh you're you're not well at all and perkins is like oh oh my god like i'm, I'm dying <laughs> and i was like ah it's good to know like, like that like anarchic like comedy gene has not been lost in the transition and uh, i found it great it was a nice way for patrick Troughton to kind of show off his c- c- comedic skills a little bit what's that knocking knocking it's not knocking it's in your mind in your eyes now rest your eyes as the knocking will grow fainter 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 one hour 
It was, it was. And I'll take the same moment, too. Um, oh, awesome. <laughs> I think Highlanders is one that it's interesting when you look back because you can definitely tell they're still feeling their way through what, who the second Doctor is going to be. You know, I mean, he, he had like three or four different disguises in this one and he's going all, all over the place. I think they've, they've, they, it takes them a little bit to really settle into the character. Um, I'm not saying he's never going to go in disguise anymore, but they definitely like do that a lot early on. And then like is virtually absent from his character by the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, You're right. <laughs> But yeah, he's he's undercover as a German doctor. He commits the guy. It's it's great comedy. It's too bad it's missing because I think it would be even better if we had the serial in hand. Yeah, agreed. In fact, it's so reminiscent of the first Doctor that I remember this is happening in the Smugglers initially because it feels mm. like it feels it feels like a Hartnell moment, but um, it's not. It's uh, it's all Troughton. Um, that is the Highlanders, underwater menace. Not one of the most beloved serials no. that the show has ever done. Uh, what was your top moment for this one? My favorite moment. Um, and there's, there's a couple I thought about, even though it's, it's not my favorite serial. Um, I didn't go with the obvious one for this one uh, because it wasn't my favorite moment. My favorite moment ended up being early in the second episode, like Polly is been captured and she's about to be turned to a fish person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the doctor knows, you know, he, he, he wants to avoid this. And so, like, there's a scene where they're talking to Zarkov and the doctor is, like, in the background, like, cutting the power to everything. And he's just, like, sneaking around and fumbling with things. And he's not making any noise. And that was my favorite moment. It was, it was fun to just see, like, the way, like, a visual representation, like, how the doctor, this doctor works. You, uh, like my laboratory, yes? You find all this very impressive, no? Nope. Not a bit, not a bit. What do you mean? I expected nothing less. Ah, oh, that's a good point. Yeah, it is kind of a way for him to kind of make his mark in the role. Uh, I'm assuming the uh, I'm assuming the obvious moment is uh, Doctor Zaroff going crazy at the end of uh, episode three. <laughs> nothing can stop me now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's my favorite moment. <laughs> <laughs> It's iconic for a reason. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a it's a poor serial overall. Although if you go back and listen to the episode, I'm, I'm that we did on it, I'm I'm kind of admittedly pretty fond of it because I, I for whatever reason like that pulpy, campy hey, aspect. Really own it. I was yeah. I was watching a um, Josh Snares video not that long ago, and he mentions Underwater Menace, and then he says, "I'm just kidding. I love Underwater Menace." And so. <laughs> um, Good. Uh, you know, like I said, every even like the most disliked serials, they have their fans. It's okay that you're one of them for the serial. Uh, yeah, no, I I, I stand with that. Uh, it's one of the I recognize that it is not good. It is probably one of the low points of this season. But there's enough that appealed to me personally that, uh, and uh, I think Zaroff. You know, nothing can stop me now. It's like perfect. I think it's because I have an affinity for Joseph first. I think he kind of charmed me in the interview, the loose, uh, you know, the uh, the loose cannon interviews. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's it's a campy energy that the show doesn't have in that specific like B movie 
like midnight science fiction feature. Uh, they don't normally go camping in this way. And it's certainly memorable. It's the first thing you think of when you think of Underwater Menace. And uh, that's my moment. Yeah, fair enough. That's my guy, Saroff. The moon base. Uh, a serial that is well liked, but I was kind of the opposite of the uh, Underwater Menace. I'm a, little, I'm a little less high on this one than I think popular consensus, but I still think there's plenty of memorable stuff. For me, I kind of went with a doctor, second doctor defining moment. And it's the doctor discovering that the poison that's been knocking everyone out on the titular moon base is in the sugar for the coffee. It's the sugar. Don't you see? That's why the disease doesn't affect everyone. It's the sugar. Not everyone takes it. Um, I think it's a way for patrick troughton's characterization to kind of come through i think the way he kind of discovers it is a little different from the first doctors um i think it also kind of plays to what i'm hoping will be something going forward him and his companions kind of figuring things out together um obviously jamie has been introduced by this point but not really a major part of this narrative as they kind of figure out what to do with him but uh I think these early aspects of like them really being a team kind of comes up in this moment. And um, I think it's strong. So that's my moment. That's a good moment. Um, interesting. Neither of us picked the two, I, I think two most obvious moments. Uh, one of them being the Cyberman walk on the moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, The other one being the doctor talking about, you know, kind of he has a, a well-liked little monologue about how, like, in certain corners of the universe, there's darkness and it's our job to go out and stop them or something along those lines. Right. Uh, no, Ben, we can't go yet. Well, why not? They don't want us here. Because there is something evil here and we must stay. Evil? Don't be daft. Evil is what I meant. There are some corners of the universe which have read the most terrible things. Things which act against everything that we believe in. They must be fought. This disease, for instance, isn't really a disease at all. But I can help you with it. Um, but, so I wanted to mention them, but yeah, mine was, I loved the doctor stalling uh, in this, basically. Like, oh, right. He and Polly are looking, it's from the same episode, mine's just like the first half of what you're talking about. He, he and Polly are trying to figure out what, what causes the virus. And the commander of the base is about to kick him out. So he's like, oh, I found something. This is really interesting under the microscope, right? Like, he's like, right, oh, right, this is right. interesting. And then, like, I was like, okay, you, you got, like, five hours. You're like, you buy some a little bit of time. And Paul is like, oh, what was it? He's like, I got nothing. Uh, <laughs> but, but now we got five hours, so. Doctor, did you mean that? What? You found something. Oh, Polly, I only wish I had. Why not make some coffee to keep them all happy while I think of something? <laughs> yeah, that's a great moment. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I also thought about like, oh yeah, the, uh, like that moon, uh, basically like this moonwalk. The Cybermen haven't come up at all in our uh, favorite moments. I thought that was kind of interesting. Mm. But uh, yeah, it might come up later in this episode. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> uh, the Makra Terror. What did you have uh, for the Mocker Terror? Um, I think we're going to have the same thing for the Mocker Terror because it's possible. Well, I really like the Mocker Terror. There's one scene that just really 
stands above the rest, and that's the Highlander Fling. And say, and say, that's very good! What do you call it? The Highland Fling. Well, why do you call it the Highland Fling? Because we finish the dance by flinging ourselves out the door. Oh, that's very good. Come on now. Row, row, row. Row, row, row. Row, row, row. Row, row, row. Yeah, I'll just go ahead and rip the band-aid off. I picked the same one. Yeah. Uh, of course, the context is Jamie's on the run for his, for his life and the authorities and then the, the colony. And he goes into the dance room and they're like, okay, you, oh, you must have the new dance choreography for us, which is a ridiculous setup. But yeah. for whatever reason, why would anyone works. think that? <laughs> for whatever reason, it works. I think because it, it's so ridiculous. And so Jamie comes up with the dance and he calls it the Highlander Fling. And it's called the Highlander Fling because you fling yourself out the door when you're done. And Jamie does this to try to avoid the security catching him. And of course, it fails miserably. He slings himself into the arms of the security. Yes, I think that is the secret sauce to like why this scene is so delightful. It's not when so much he's like, oh, it's a Highland fling because I'm flinging myself out the door. It's because he like it doesn't work in, yeah. in, in, in grand <laughs> Doctor Who plan fashion. Um, it's a harebrained scheme that uh, fails. Yeah. And I think that, that, yeah, yeah, I picked the exact same moment. It's a, actually a pretty good serial all in all. But yeah. I really like it. I really like it. It, was, it kind of feel like Jamie's coming out moment a little bit of like, he's now kind of finally becoming a character that has his own kind of like traits and features and way of thinking. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think that's probably why it stood out to us as well. The Faceless Ones. Faceless Ones. Gatwick Airport. Six episodes. Uh, I also went with the Jamie moment here. I went, oh, I guess I went with the Jamie moment as well here. Uh, it's Jamie uh, planting a planting a kiss on Samantha in order to steal mm. her uh, plane ticket. Uh, the doctor said it was a uh, no job for a wee lassie. A wee lassie, you can tell the doctor. Lassie, goodbye. <laughs> hey, kid. Uh, maybe it's just because I'm a big fan of the Samantha character, <laughs> um, but I also I thought I thought he and her and Jamie had a good chemistry as actors and as characters, and I thought it was kind of a way it was a clever way of solving the issue from Jamie's part, and uh, I thought that was kind of an interesting. I can't think of a companion that would have handled that problem in that exact way. It's certainly certainly Ian wouldn't have. Uh, <laughs> Stephen St- Stephen wouldn't have. <laughs> um, or even Ben wouldn't have. No, Ben probably wouldn't have. Um, but Jamie did. And I thought it was a, again, just for the, the middle of the season was not great for Jamie as the uh, kind of didn't know what to do with him yet. And I feel like these last three serials, they really, really kind of hone in on what makes him special. So that's yeah, my moment. That's fair. Uh, you know, it's weird. I really like the faceless one, but I had trouble coming up with a single moment that I liked the best for this one. So I ended up just picking the first one because I, I like the opening. They just the TARDIS appears on the runway and they come out and they all like run. Yeah, no, it's great. It's a flying beastie. Um, <laughs> and that's what I end up going with. It's exciting. It's a fun way to use the setting and to start the serial. It certainly starts to tell a whole story off with the bang, doesn't it? It does. No, I think that's a great choice. And finally, the season ending, The Evil of the Daleks. Seven episodes, uh, mostly missing. What do you have? 
I had the the doctor starting a civil war or revolution <laughs> uh, at, in the in the final episode. Um, Yeah, him just like giving all the Daleks the human factor and convincing them to go after the Daleks that don't have the human factor and just sowing the seeds of chaos so he could ultimately have the Daleks destroy each other. It's a fitting end, quote unquote, to uh, the Daleks as a threat. And uh, yeah, I think that's a great moment. I went with a, I went with a softer moment. It's the moment where the uh, Daleks get the human factor in them and they start playing trains with the Doctor. Where are they taking you? Delightful. Yeah, and the doctor seems so pleased too. It's like, oh, they're playing roundabouts with me. <laughs> it's a it, it was a counterintuitive cliffhanger. Um, that, that I think that's what I really liked about it. But it's it's a it's a it's a seven episode run full of strong moments. We could have gone with any number of moments here. Um, yeah, there's a couple that were definitely worth considering. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, Jamie. Jamie showdown with uh, what's his name? Um, uh, uh, the, 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 the voiceless the chirp, mute right? guy. Yeah, the yeah, mute yeah. guy. Yeah, um, yeah, um, he, yeah. That was really great. I thought the uh, the Emperor Dalek. I thought was a good reveal. Like that could have been that, was that, great. that yeah. could have been a winner. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh Yeah, lots of good stuff. I think even the revelation that like the Doctor hadn't been turned by the Dalek factor, I thought was a nice little like <laughs> nice little twist. <laughs> But no, uh, that covers favorite moments from each serial. And now we have like more broader categories. Uh, any, any, anything is up for grabs uh, on here. Uh, let's see. I'm going to count up what we have here. And let's see. Six, seven. Do you want yeah, to take some time to, to, to reflect on season four? What would you, you think of it? Or do you want to do this at the end? Uh, let's do it now. Now that we've kind of reviewed the, the serials, let's talk, let's talk about the season as a whole, and then we'll get into the individual categories. How does that sound? Yeah, let's do it. You know, in comparison to season three, which has like some of the best stuff and some of the worst stuff, almost like back to back, this felt like a season with not too many highs, not too many lows. It was an astoundingly steady season. Even like the kind of duds that we just kind of talked about aren't that bad. The Smugglers isn't that bad. I know some people think the Underwater Menace is that bad, but um, I think I think there's some momentum behind it maybe not being that bad. Uh, there's no like, there's no like Celestial Toymaker. There's no uh, like Gunslingers. There's no like obvious like, holy cow, this they really, they really screwed up here. Again, with maybe the maybe maybe the exception of Underwater Menace, uh, and I think that's pretty astounding considering a really daring and ballsy change happened midway through the season. Uh, they could have sunk the show. I mean, they nailed it, so like we don't really think about it. But what if they hadn't? The show's done. Like, yeah. true. There are so many pitfalls they could have fallen into. They could have picked a bad, the poor choice if it wasn't. They didn't pick an actor as good as Patrick Trump, I think. Who really screwed things up, or if they had tried to make the doctor too similar, 
Yes, I think that's yeah. If he made like an imposter, like someone who's like an imposter, William Hartnell, I think fans would have not gone for that. No, not at all. Um, And yeah, that's that's my major takeaway. It's not. It's it was a pretty smooth season all in all, without any like obvious like maybe there's no highs like there's nothing like as great as a Dalek Master Plan or like the Aztecs or the Romans, but there's nothing as bad as like the Gunslingers either. So I think there's something to be said for that. I, I think I think you know Tenth Planet, Power of the Daleks, Evil of the Daleks are two three of the best serials of the sixties. I don't know. Um, they are very good. Um, those are all excellent. Um, I, I don't. Now, now I have to think about that. I don't know. They are. They are some of the best ones. I just think they're ones that best them even from that. They're like not by top tier necessarily. Yet. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah. What were your takeaways of the season? Yeah, it, it's weird. It felt like a short season. Agreed. And even though it was the same length as every other one, I believe, or at least similar length. Um, and so I, I'm not sure why that is, other than maybe because like there's such a big change. Yeah, like season three was 45 episodes. Season four was 43 episodes. So it's, it's not like, yeah, it is a lot of episodes, but it's, it's not like it only fits two weeks in the year. So, I mean, yeah, um, they can't do much more. Yeah. And so, you know, it's not any shorter. I think I think it feels shorter just because there's there's so much change. Like it feels like the first two serials almost belong to a different season. Um, Agreed. Agreed. But I, I kinda I kinda like that Hartnell got replaced mid season. I, I I think it it allows the show to sometimes not having a big gap I think can be helpful. They could, have, they could have overthought it if they had, like, a month's extra time. You know what I mean? Yeah, or even for, like, the, the fan base. Like, you, you build up this anticipation when you got a new doctor coming. Um, we're fair. here. Just, like, you try to wait a week. Right. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I think that helped as well. Um, but, yeah, I like season four a lot. Definitely better than season three. I think season three, like, completely unraveled after the Dallas Master Plan. Um, it, it it was a dire stretch, which is funny because that's like that was such, such an achievement that I think it just sapped all their creativity. <laughs> well, and it's also just like the John Wiles never wanted to do it. Like right. he was, he was, it was a you know kind of brainchild of uh, Dennis Spooner and Barry Lambert who that he was kind of strapped with, right? And but because he was he was so reluctant to do it. He, he got all that bad will with William Hartnell and made it impossible for him to execute his vision of a show after the fact. So, yeah. In fact, I'm trying to think, I don't know if we're going to do like an official like season ranking. Uh, although we can. Um, can. It's, uh, in my head, let's see, I'm just going to go off gut instinct here. I think two is still like the best, the most consistent. I think I kind of, well, I think in my head I go in from best to worst. I think two, four, one, three. I think. Yeah, I think so too. Because um, there are some real boring ones in one, is, is the problem there. Um, yeah. I, I, I think season one is a little overrated. Um, I've only seen some people say, like, oh, season one is the best Hartnell season. I disagree. 
Yeah, I, um, I definitely think season well. two is the best. I, I, I like this one better. I think season one is really consistent. Like, you have some mm-hmm. really good ones, like the Aztecs. Um, but, like, I think the, the Daleks is a bit overrated. Marco Polo, I think, is a bit overrated. The Sensorite, I think, is painfully boring. I agree with all um, of that so far. <laughs> and, of course, you and I don't really care for the Keys of Mariners that much, even though boring is not the criticism I put on the Keys of Mariners. But, um, <laughs> it's, certainly, it's certainly not boring, uh, yeah. but it's also not good is the problem. <laughs> Uh, so yeah I would definitely put season 4 above season 1 um, but I can't season 3 is too uneven and had that terrible stretch with, with in the second half of the season with like the Celestial Toymaker and the Gunmakers and even the arc I'm not that huge fan of and so yeah I gotta go with the same ranking you do nice yeah I think it's gonna be interesting being the track as we kind of get more and more seasons behind us because uh I think the differences between seasons are going to get a little bit more uh, harder to define, I think. So that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. And sometimes hard to compare. Like, once we get to where it's in color and they actually have, like, ones we can actually, you know, they're they're retaking scenes and not, like, just going off of one take. You know, how, how do you compare that? Yeah, some of these seasons are going to get buried because it's just, like, the – the uh, technical prowess goes up a little bit. So it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's almost not fair. Um, okay. Yeah. We have about, we have 11 categories to get through. Um, let's, let's start, let's start with some, let's come out swinging. Then we'll do some of these lesser ones and then we'll work our way back up. I say either best guest star or best villain. Um, you pick. Let's do best guest star. Cool. Do you want to go first or shall I? You can go first. I, you know, this may not come as a surprise if you've been paying attention to um, recent episodes. I went with Pauline Collins as Samantha Briggs from The Faceless Ones. Oh, uh, are you in charge here? Uh, yes. Can, can I help you? Yes. I, I'm Samantha Briggs. I've come down from Liverpool. Um, the companion that got away. I thought she was an excellent addition to the show. I was heartbro- I was so sure she was going to be along for the ride to help, kind of help, you know, replace... Uh, Ben and Polly, although I guess we didn't really know that they were leaving until the end of that serial. But it seemed from all the world that they were making her into the new uh, You can kind of tell. I think, yeah. I think you can kind of tell. And of course, Pauline turned it down. Nothing the show can do about that. No harm, no foul. But she, 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 she slid into the show so easily, shockingly easily. And um, got to wonder what would have happened if she had taken the offer. And then now we have the uh, Jamie and uh, Samantha then doctor the crew but um yeah i thought yeah. she was great it is, it is interesting yeah victoria was the one who's only in a single episode the evil adalics and we never saw her again versus samantha it would i agree it would have been kind of interesting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right yeah if we had swapped, awesome. if we had swapped their roles or kind mm-hmm. of not a huge because like the uh the, his, the historical ones are kind of where the big guest stars used to come through and they kind of phase those out so i thought this is a little harder of a question to answer than usual um What'd you it have? Also, well, it's also hard because still so much is missing. Whereas, like, even though so much was missing from season three, Mavic Chen was just such a great ca- character that, like, it was right. an obvious choice. Well, same with Julian. Same with uh, Julian Glover from I think season two. two. Uh, yeah. Season yeah. Two, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, hard. Uh, a couple honorable mentions though. Patrick Barr as Hobson in the Moon Base is an honorable mention for me. Yeah. 
You think you can manage? Yes, I think I can. Right, I'll leave you to it. But don't forget, 24 hours. Thought he was, you know, he he, he was kind of a commander, and he he added a lot to that one, I think. Um, another honorable mention from the faceless one, and Colin Gordon playing the commandant. I thought he played uh, that kind yeah. of role really well. The pilot said, "What? Police box on the runway." I like this story. Um, it was hard for me. Like I, I almost thought about trying to. What's his, uh, what's his name? Who played Travers from the Evil of the Daleks? Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, let me get his name. See if I can pull uh, it up. Yeah. No, not, I said Travers. I'm in Waterfield. John Bailey played Edward Waterfield. But given yeah. that I wasn't able to actually see his performance, I couldn't give it to him. Right. And so I went with uh, someone whose performance I did get a good look at. And he was just great with what he was given and really stood out. And that was Joseph First from The Underwater Menace. Goodbye, Doctor. Have a pleasant journey. Let's not say goodbye, Professor. We'll be seeing each other again. Not in this world, Doctor. I also had him as a runner-up. I didn't quite do it, but um, he was my runner-up as well. Yeah, yeah. look, he's a cornball, but he was great. He was great. I mean, he he's easily the most memorable part of that, and that's a cereal with fish monsters people being turned to fish okay <laughs> and so that i mean that's saying something he he doubles down on the campiness of the script in a way that um i think even like trout sometimes struggled to do and so i he's he was the best guest star he kind of carried that cereal for most people including me um and so you know it's hard it's hard to you know being given great stuff and then doing great great work with it is, is always worth celebrating. But also, like, being given terrible stuff and doing great stuff with it is also, I think, uh, maybe even more admirable. It can be – it's actually harder because, you know, I think some people think it's easy to just do bad material, sink your teeth into it. But you can do bad material bad. We've all seen it. It's really hard to do it, like, good. And I think Joseph First definitely falls in that latter category. Uh, I agree, and that's why he got my vote for best guest star. Uh, how about this? Might be kind of a new one, unless I'm mistaken. Favorite animation? I don't know if we did this much. In I don't the think we did. Well, versus, it's so unfortunately very few. Year. Yeah, very few of uh, Hard Nose has been animated. Like season three, just Galaxy Four. Like that was right. the only one, and then nothing has been animated for season two. And season one had. Ran a terror, but every other season there was only one choice. So like, not much of a category. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Galaxy Four, I guess, would have won. Um, so yeah. I, so in fact, only season four and season five are only seasons that have multiple animations at this point. So it's uh, a new category. It'll it'll burn bright and quickly, but um, yeah. may as well enjoy it while we have it. Yeah. So uh, what was your what was your favorite animation? What do you think was best? Kind of a curveball because we've been talking about one of the, like the kind of subplots of the season for us was that the animation was getting increasingly better as it went along because that's kind of roughly mm-hmm. the order that the uh, animation did it in. The animated animation, the animation company, uh, done their work. You know, they did it in that direction. Mm-hmm. So you would think I would say the evil of the Daleks, but I think when I look back and I think about animated episodes in season four, I go back to the Mock for Terror. So I think that's hmm. where, yeah, that's where I'm picking it. Uh, hmm. 
I think it helps that there's a lot of fun stuff to animate in this story. We have like those dance scenes, like there's a lot of song and dance, surprisingly, in this story. And you have like those Makra uh, creatures, which they almost assuredly made look better <laughs> in the animation than it would have looked <laughs> if we had the episodes. Yeah. So there's probably more technically good animations. Like I thought the faceless ones was probably uh, one of the better animations, um, as opposed to like Power of the Daleks, where it was very clear they hadn't quite figured it out yet. Um, but I think this one was like a lush animation. There's lots of fun stuff for them to animate here. Suppose like Galaxy Four, where it's like we're on like a desert planet or something. I know that's like last season, but it feels like the opposite of the Mocker Terror. So yeah, that was my choice. That's fair. Um, that was a good choice. I was stuck between two, mm. uh, and the one I didn't choose was the Moon Base. I thought the Moon Base had an excellent animation. Yeah, um, and of course, as it, it was also in black and white, so it was trying to capture the feel of the original, um, which is also a tempting reason to go with it. But I ended up going with the faceless one. I thought that was all, was all around good choice, the, the strongest animation. Uh, Mockerterra was great. The one reason I didn't consider Mockerterra is they left out not a, important, but they still left out a two-minute scene because they didn't have time to animate it. And for me, that kind of just like disqualified it. That's fair. Um, you know what? I'll give you that. That's, that's a, that's a fair criticism. And it's, it's a good scene. It's a character moment too. So, and I get it, like, they didn't have the money to do it well. So I get why they didn't do it. Uh, but at the same time, like I, I personally couldn't like vote for it for that reason. So yeah, I wanted the faces one. I thought the face one was really good animation. You know, they, they kind of straddle the line of trying to be faithful to what it may have originally looked like, but also taking their creative freedoms with uh, the fact that they're, you know, using, they can use modern technology and they're doing it in a different medium. And so, yeah, I, I went with the faceless ones. I thought that was the best one. Good choices all. Um, kind of a brief category, and I wonder if we're going to land on the same thing. But missing serial, we most want found. Uh, what did you have for this category? Power of the Daleks for me, um, which I don't know if it's what you put or not. But yeah, being able to see that first Patrick Trown performance would be wonderful. I, I would love it so much. Uh, see him trying to, try to work through the character and, and how to play it just right. That's the one I'd like to see the most. Yeah, it's funny. There's a lot of... Uh, I had a lot of answers for this one. And I kind of... I have two... I have two answers and I have a couple runners up. I think the mocker terror, could it be interesting to see? Um, <laughs> uh, I think the evil of the Daleks, I think could be a lot of fun to see uh, the whole thing of, uh, but when it comes down to it, I think we're talking missing serial, like full serials. It's power of the Daleks. I'm in complete agreement with you. I think right. it'd be monumental to be able to see like those opening moments, uh, for real and really see how he did it but i keep coming back to i think if it's like what is what's a chunk that's missing that i most want found it's the fourth episode of the tenth planet it's so funny to me that that's mostly all there except for like the most important episode ever like i know it, it is um surprising and kind of and kind of nuts that that's the one that's missing it's just there, there is no God, or there is a God, and, he, <laughs> and he's laughing at us. One of those. He's two. definitely laughing at us. Um, a category that's a little harder to define, just because we're so animation heavy on this one. But favorite bad special effect. Um, 
because for me, I think a lot of things that would have won this pretty easily, we got to see through animation and made it better. So it's kind of like hard. Like the Mocker Terror, I think, was like seeing the actual Mocker probably would have won here, is my guess. But I can't really hand it to them because I haven't seen it. Uh, so the best I could come up with is I thought the swimming effects look kind of dumb in the underwater menace. <laughs> um, <laughs> they weren't great. I almost said the costumes, but that, that's a that's costuming. That's not special effects. So um, oh, fair enough. That's my answer. The, the swimming uh, effects was not elegant <laughs> in the underwater menace. So I went with um, I went with the Mokra Terror, the Mokra. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, we do have a brief clip of a mocker attacking Polly, and it looks terrible. And <laughs> that was enough for me to be able to pick it. You know what? Fair enough. Uh, yeah, they didn't look great. And in fact, it's a special effect so bad that it basically ended the relationship between the show and like that production company, right? Almost, yeah. There was, there was even one final chance with the faceless ones, and then like the spaceship and the faceless ones didn't work, and so they ended it. Yeah. Yeah, I think anything that ends in people like losing contracts has gotta has gotta win these things. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we're getting we're getting close to like the big boys now. Let's do. How about best individual episode? All right. Uh, what did you have? I had. Let me see. I wrote it down here. Best individual episode. I went with episode four of Mocker Terror. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's hard to pick individual episode in these serials sometimes. Especially when they don't have their unique names. It makes them run together even more somehow. That's a good point. Um, but I still think it's a worthwhile category. Uh, but so when I sat down, I was like, you know, I just felt like endings are hard to do. And so, you know, the ones that nailed the ending were more likely to get my vote, I guess. Um, or just like a stellar beginning. Like a couple of the Evil Adalic ones I thought about. I thought the first episode of Evil Adalic was really great. And the last one, too. Um, and of course, you know, the 10th planet had some for consideration. But for me, I felt like the, the, the ending of the Mokritera, they really like, they really nailed it all, I thought. You, you had some really great stuff with Jamie, like the Highlander Fling. You had some great stuff with Ben, where he had to like overcome his brain control to save the day. You had some great stuff with the doctor. Um, you know, he was convincing like the, the leader of the colony to, to question what was going on and come to his side. Um, you know, I felt, I felt like they did a really good job of just really satisfyingly tying up all their threads. And so that's why I went with Evil, I mean, um, Mocker Terror episode four. Yeah, great choice. Um, a non-intuitive one, but I think very well defended. Uh, for me, I went with the first episode of The Power of the Daleks. Um, I think for me, very rarely have I gone into an episode of this show thus far where I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what the vibe of it's going to be. I have, this is completely uncharted territory. And this is that episode um, that actually, I had that feeling. Um, It was surprisingly tense because it's like, I feel like a lot, I mean, I know historically speaking, the show's still on, but I don't know. What if I didn't like it? What if I don't, what if I'm like, oh no, I hate the new guy. I, I mean, that's true. And yeah. honestly, I mean, I think that's likely to happen at some point that like, you know, you won't, you won't care for uh, an actor's take on the, on the role. Like, like it, um, has to hap- it has to happen, right? I mean, uh, again, maybe I'm just too generous, but it hasn't happened for me yet. Oh, interesting. Um, but, um, 
it's likely to happen because most people have at least one take on the character where they're like, I just, I just don't like this. Um, but you know, fortunately, Troughton's not that guy for you. No, not 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 to this point. I think it would take something pretty severe to change for me to be like, actually, no, I hate this. But like from the jump, I was like intrigued, and so I think that that is enough. It feels like a special episode. It's almost like the first twenty ten minutes of it is like a different, like unconnected short film of like, here's the new guy. Uh, how are they dealing with him? And then they kind of start the story. Um, yeah, it was a really cool episode, and um, it'd be great to see it for real one day. And then we've already talked about that, but it's good enough, even in animation form, to be the best individual episode for me. Yeah, fair enough. How about? Good choice. Uh, yeah, yeah, thank you. How about best and worst cliffhangers? All right, let's do it. Should we start with the sweet or should we start with the uh, sour? I like sour to sweet, personally. For me, you know, this is not a, not a lot of terrible cliffhangers. The one that sticks out to me is one we did relatively recently and from a pretty strong serial. But Evil of the Daleks episode four has a cliffhanger that I feel is a a little underwhelmingly resolved. Um, this is where, again, I wish I could remember his name. Is it Terrell? Is it the that the that the Camel? Camel. Camel. Camel and Jamie are running through the uh, mansion in the 1880s to find Victoria Waterfield. When all of a sudden, out of a out of a sliding door comes a Dalek right in their way. What's gonna happen? Dun dun dun. Next week, episode five opens up, and they just kind of push it over a balcony <laughs> like very easily. <laughs> which probably would have stood out if you're watching it week to week but if you're watching these relatively back to back um you notice stuff like that and it was not it was not very excitingly resolved i picked That's, the same one ah, um, there we go. i do have to wonder if there's some recency bias going into these like i wonder almost certainly if, if the smugglers had a really bad cliffhanger that i just don't remember off the top of my head um so maybe well, i need to do a better job of like writing down Oh yeah, oh. maybe. But I also think sometimes like there could be worse ones, but like they're more boring. Like the smugglers kind of had like just like the episode stops, and that's probably like a worse cliffhanger. But like they don't mm-hmm. really stand out. It's just like okay, like this episode's done. I guess I'll start the next mm-hmm. one. As opposed to like oh, this didn't this didn't resolve in a way that was interesting. Like that that's two two different things to me. I think. That's fair. I don't know. I, I think. I, th- I think what it is, sometimes you get tired of just, like, especially because Evil Daleks had so many, like, different cliffhangers that were good, that, like, you have one that's just kind of like a, oh, are, is our main character going to die right now? <laughs> no. Yeah. I don't know. Like, like those ones tend to get both, too. Not. Yeah. yeah. Probably not. Um, how about Best Cliffhanger? All right, best Cliffhanger, I went with um, my favorite one was I took it from the Faceless One. I believe Faceless One episode five. Yeah, episode five. You know, they're they're tracking the the air the airliner as it's as it's leaving to see where where it goes, where they're taking all these people and then suddenly and they and they're having a a fighter pilot trail it. Fire pilot gets shot down and the spaceship disappears from the radar because it goes up into space. I thought that was a I thought that was a really fun cliffhanger. And again, it's like 
it's not like a, oh there's a Dalek behind you is Jamie gonna die you know it's <laughs> it's like an actual like plot development like no they're taking these people to outer space like how how is the doctor gonna get to outer space right now um it really that, did, the, and, the scope opens up like immensely for that whole story from then on exactly because <laughs> Because prior to that, it had all taken place on an airport on Earth. Right. And then suddenly, like, we're going to a spaceship in outer space. I don't know. That was my favorite cliffhanger. Um, I really liked it. Again, maybe some recency bias there. but Possibly. Um, I, have, I have my best and I have a runner-up. I think the most iconic cliffhanger is probably the Cybermen, like, storming the moon <laughs> on uh, the moon base. I don't remember. Probably. I think that. Probably like episode two or episode three. I believe it was episode three. But the one I went with, for whatever reason, the cliffhanger for Power of the Daleks episode two always gives me like this sinking feeling. That's the one where um the Daleks are finally speaking to uh, that scientist that was kind of like trying to cultivate them. And they don't say exterminate. They say, I am your servant. And you just know nothing good is going to come of this because it's, <laughs> it it's not true. We know it's not true. So it, it, it's kind of like this subtle, like, oh, shit moment. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's really creepy. It's creepier than if they it just is. said, that's like, destroy, one. destroy. Like, that's, that's, we know that. But them going, like, <laughs> oh, we're docile. You're like, oh, no. <laughs> like, I am your servant. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a great choice. That's a really good one. I, I agree. That's, that's another good example of um, of using using the cliffhanger being a huge plot twist or something unexpected versus just like one of our main characters in mortal danger. Exactly, and you know, forty four episodes in a year, like they're not all going to be winners, but when they are, they really stand out. Mm-hmm. So what we have left. I think best villain should be next. All right, let's do it. Let's, let's do it. Um, I think I know. Yeah, I have. A, I think I know what yours is going to be. Well, there's a couple of different answers. I have a couple. I have a couple runners up. That I'm gonna okay. uh, do now. Um, I almost went just full uh, troll, and I almost went bizarre off here. <laughs> I really, I truly almost did. I didn't do it, but I think a runners up is a good point. Uh, they haven't been talked about much in this episode, but I think we got to give it up for the Cybermen. I think they're my first runner up. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's pretty monumental that they've been able to come up with a, a second um, recurring villain after years of trying to come up with one, and and they are creepy. I think they have like a nice, interesting backstory where they're not necessarily evil; they're just sort of pragmatic and traumatized, <laughs> um, which kind of makes them uh, you know you're in their way for survival. So. <laughs> Sorry, we're going to have to do something about that. Uh, I think that it's an intriguing design. I think they sound cool. I'm excited to see more of them. I, I suspect we're going to get a lot more of them in the years to come. But, you know, best villain, it, it's it's got to be the Daleks. I know it's an easy answer, but they're not really going to be eligible for this category for a while. So I think it's worth it to point out that in a run of strong episodes, uh, they ended with two of their strongest. I think the power of the Daleks and the evils of the Daleks are right up there with um, Dalek Master Plan and the, <laughs> my beloved The Chase. Um, <laughs> they're two really strong notes to go out on for them. Yeah. Maybe we should rank the uh, the Dalek serial 
Ooh. Uh, that we've done so far. I'd have to think about that, but I could probably do yeah. it before this is over. Yeah. Yeah. I think I can come we'll, up with we'll, it. We'll save that for the end. Yeah. Got it. All right. Who do you got? I went with the Makra, actually. Oh, very cool. I, I'm very high on the Makra there. I really like that theory. It's, a, it's um, a great story. It really is. It is. And I, and I really like the idea of like the Makra just like manipulating events in secret to to get what they need to survive and just absolutely using and abusing this colony. It's very sinister and very memorable and there is no Makra. Like it's it's so great. Like the the you know metaphor of yeah. just your denying head, what's put, in your head it was right in your head in the face. Face. yeah. A very exactly. potent, a very potent metaphor by the way for like sixties England who you know World War Two was not that long ago and there was a lot of heads and sands during that time so there was and this, yeah. it's, it's never gonna it's something that's never gonna stop being relevant to humanity i don't think there's always gonna be people asking you to deny what's in front of your face i don't yeah. know yeah um absolutely and so uh yeah that's why i went with the mocker no strong choice it's it's it, it, the mocker terror has come up more often than i think i anticipated in this episode but it really does deserve its flowers it's a strong it's a four episode one it's it's interesting you would think it would have gone on like five or six it has enough material for that i think but it does it in four and again there's lots of like song and dance this is uh it's all kind of brightly done and uh kind of has like a jingle quality which kind of makes it more sinister because you know there's something underneath the surface it's a great story It is. Uh, but is it great enough to be the best? We'll find out. Because we have three categories left. I say we do them in this order. Worst right. cereal, best cereal, MVP. All right, let's do it. I guess I'm first for this one. Yeah, worst you're, cereal. You're, well, you're, you're first for worst. You know what I'm going to pick for this one. Uh-huh. Yeah. The underwater menace. Yeah, hurt me. That's fine. Um, I just liked it the least. I just... Yeah, uh, I also, I you know, I also picked the underwater menace. Oh, that's um, surprising. Yeah, okay. I do like it, but the thing is, the only other candidate would be like the moon base. That just doesn't feel right because right? I guess I could have picked this. I guess I could have picked the smugglers, but yeah, I, I assumed you were gonna go with one of the historical one. Um... <sighs> no, I. I... No, I can't because I think the underwater menace is is a failure at the end of the day. Just because there's things about it that I like, it is like the least competent. Like the smugglers and the uh, Highlanders, again, hard to tell because those, the historical ones kind of live and die on like the feel and the vibe, and they're both missing. So it's kind of, mm-hmm. they're hard. They're almost like incomplete. I can, almost can't evaluate them. Fair um, enough. But yeah, no, I also want the underwater menace. Um, doesn't mean I don't love it though. Um, <laughs> I don't know that I love it. I, I keep saying that. I think I'm overrating how much I enjoyed it. <laughs> I just, th- I just think you know, watch it at like eleven thirty at night or midnight on like a on like a all night movie channel. I think it. I think it. That's the vibe it it needs to be on. <laughs> Not necessarily a family hour, uh, <laughs> half hour TV show setting. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Well, um, all right. Well, I guess it's you're up for best serial then. 
could be recency bias, but I, I think I think I'm comfortable with it. I'm going with the evil of the Daleks. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it, it accomplishes its mission, and I think that's important because its mission is kind of a daunting one. In that, how do you kind of give a series wrap up for easily its most iconic, probably more than the Doctor himself uh, uh, in 1967, uh, most iconic element that being the Daleks. How do you? How could you ever give a uh, satisfying conclusion? And again, air quotes. I know, but let's just let's just <laughs> let's just let's just pretend. <laughs> um, I think well, it has... at the very least is the last we're going to see him for some time, and that's significant too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's bold. It's a bold decision to make at all, especially when it's like we have a relatively new set of companions and a new doctor. It, they could have leaned on them pretty heavily, but instead they put they. They took them out in style. We get like a time traveling story. Um, we kind of get a couple episodes. Gatwick gets a lot of run in uh, the back half of this uh, of this season. So they kind of get like a, a, a more modern thing, and then you're gonna go into the 1880s, and you kind of have fun, like almost like a haunted house story. Uh, that's really fun. You get like the, the Edward Waterfield story, and it's all full of hubris. And you have the other guy whose name I can't remember, even though it was a very um, Unique name, but the guy who wants to become an alchemist. That, of course, being Maxible, Theodore Maxible. Yeah. And then he ended all on uh, uh, Scarrow. You're going to get a return visit um, to one of the earliest locations the show went to. And uh, yeah, it's all done in that kind of doctor style mm-hmm. of foment and revolution and kind of using reason and human nature and heart. <laughs> and freedom i don't know it has everything you'd ever want and uh, i know they yeah, can but if they even if they didn't even if the dogs never came back this would be a very satisfying conclusion yes i agree uh and that's also the one i went with there we go and you, you mentioned recently bias we were talking about but i will say like going into the season evil Daleks was my favorite serial of the season four like you know having only watched or experienced most of these stories once and some I actually ended up liking better the second time around. Some I think I liked worse the second time around. But you know, even throughout it all, I was thinking like Evil Dollars was my favorite. And I liked it just as much the second time around. There was, there was nothing I liked better, even watching it again, than Evil Dollars. So I, I think it's more than just recently biased. I do think it's just the strongest one. And I think it's for all the reasons you mentioned. It had to be the end of the Daleks. But I also think it does things that Doctor Who doesn't normally do at least thus far with like going from like this three different time periods like using the fact that like it's an adventure show and can change location normally it just sticks in one place and tell the story and right so, and it's and i think that's okay like i don't think this is something the show needs to be doing all the time but that's also part of what makes this so special the fact that they did do it here and it's it spans the galaxy and goes through different time periods and the doctor gets trapped and it's it's just great stuff, I think, and I I think it's one of the one of the best serials we've had thus far, and the best of the season. It's the first one that really does feel like a, a season finale. Like it kind of sets up all the pieces. Like uh, like a, a new a new companion set kind of comes up here at the very end, which kind of gets you going. Okay, I can't wait for like their next story to see like what how they're going to play together. Um. Yeah, it kind of, it's hard to hard to find a fault outside of it winning uh, for Cliffhanger, of course. But that's okay. <laughs> the most important trophy of all. We need to name the trophy at some point. Maybe we have, and I forgot. 
I mean, if we have, here. I have forgotten as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's 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 mull on that. Maybe there can be okay. different ones, like a superhero one and like a Doctor Who one. Okay. But uh, no, not right now. MVP. I guess that's you. Who do you okay. have? Lots of options here. Um, Lots of options. A lot that I almost went with but didn't. Maybe mine is going to be a, a weird choice. Okay. So uh, maybe I'll go with my runner-ups first. Unless you'd rather go first. And no, then, no. Okay. I, don't, I don't necessarily have any runner, runner-ups. runner Although I'm probably going to agree with everything that you're going to say here. But Okay. So one runner-up was Jerry Davis and Ennis Lloyd, the producer and scriptwriter for the season. Um, they're the ones that made a lot of the choices that allowed Doctor Who to be continuing to go on today. Uh, they they were the ones who were kind of basically like, heart no, you got to go. You're just not feeling, you're not able, physically able to do this role. They were the ones who cast Trouton and allowed him to, and basically said, let's do something completely different and work with Trouton on the characterization of his doctor. And so I think they're, they're definitely ones who should be considered. Uh, Patrick Trouton was also a runner-up for me. Uh, an mm-hmm. obvious choice, but a good one still. And maybe an obvious choice, but still a good one, I think. You know, he's the doctor. He's the main lead, and he's the one who had his... He screws up, the show does. So, uh, him being so good, you know, allows for the show to continue on and, you know, have have a new life even, because ratings went up when he took over, and the ratings stayed steady afterwards. So, I think... You know, um, he's a good choice. But ultimately, I went with the Cybermen. Ooh, yeah, uh, okay, go. We, like, like you it. said, we haven't talked much about the Cybermen. They're in two serials, uh, Tenth Planet, which kind of gets overshadowed by the fact that the Doctor regenerates in it. And they came back from the moon base, which I know you weren't super high, and I think I liked it better than you. Probably. But it was a very popular serial when it aired, which is what's important. It allowed them to write up the Daleks. And it gave the second doctor his own nemesis. That, even though the first doctor did have them, he regenerates in that story. Yeah, so it's kinda, not really. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. So, so it's more of a kind of thing. So it, it allows, it's, you know, you talk about the characteristics of the, the second doctor being different, that helps. But the fact that the second doctor, even though he's his, yeah, had two serials with the Daleks, he has his own nemesis, he has his own villain. And it allows, you know, that it frees him up from the Hartnell era, I think. And it also, like, finally you have a villain that can follow up the Daleks. And so I, that's why I ultimately went with the Cybermen. I like it. It's a bold choice. And, uh, yeah, the moon base, I think, just suffered from kind of feeling really similar to the Tenth Planet, but as opposed to, like, every Dalek story kind of feeling very different from each other. And they're different characters, uh, mm-hmm. admittedly. I can't deny, again, Cybermen look pretty cool, and they have a scary, creepy voice that's similar to the Daleks, but, like, very distinct. They're very robotic, and I think the costumes look kind of cool. Yeah. No, um, I think I think the show is in good hands. I, I I know it probably doesn't work out like this, but I kind of like the idea of almost like every Doctor getting like their own unique villain. I know the show probably doesn't fall under those lines for very long, but I like uh, that concept is intriguing. Like after the second Doctor goes, like do the Cybermen go? Probably not, but like I think that that's an interesting idea <laughs> that I didn't really think about. Um, 
My MVP is someone that you already mentioned. Um, I, it's actually, it's a co-MVP. It's uh, Ennis Lloyd and Jerry Davis. Oh. Because to me, I think that the, we, we've talked about kind of the gravity of the decision-making that they had to do here. And we've given them their flowers and we've talked about like how important and kind of how lucky uh, the sequence of events had to happen for the show to kind of be in the position that it's in. But I still think somehow like the importance of it is understated. I don't know. I, it's almost hard, hard to overstate like just how monumental the decisions they had to make were here, like recasting and making the decision to recast. It wasn't like he dropped dead and they had to, they made the choice to do this and <laughs> Put the whole show at risk and you know uh, yes it is, it is on patrick trout and once he's cast to like you know fulfill his end of the bargain and he does so beautifully but just like the bold the boldness of it because there's so many ways that this could have gone wrong they could have overthought it they could have played it safe they could have they could have you know, kind of blinked uh at the last second and you know maybe made a decision to bring him back or something or whatever or gotten cold feet but they moved forward with it. They made a bold choice. They put their jobs on the line. They put like the the show on the line. And as a result, instead of this being like a weird um, little curio that some people half remember from their childhood, it, we're celebrating the 60th anniversary. And I don't, I just, just like the need, just like the uh, the immense balls it took to do that. I think earns them MVP. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Like I said, I consider them too. Um. Yeah, I I I think that's awesome that you picked them because they they are deserving. Um, you, you know they they kind of get forgotten because you remember Barry Lambert because she was the first one. Yeah, and she's like, she's kind of been canonized like last week. Right. You know when we talked about like the movie that kind of started uh, that character. So you know she's kind of been deified a little bit, rightfully so. Exactly, but... rightfully so. But even if you look watch that movie, they made it seem like it was Sidney Newman and Mervyn Pinfield who did all this work that Jerry Davis and Anna Zoli did mm-hmm. with Patrick Troughton. And that just kind of tells you all day. They've kind of become maybe a little forgotten, unfortunately, uh, outside of the Doctor Who fan base. And so definitely worth, you know, celebrating their con- contribution to the show. Yeah. And yeah, so they enter the hollowed uh, MVP halls of the, uh, of the Blinkies alongside other winners, like uh, the Daleks themselves, William Hartnell, uh, William Russell and uh, uh, Jacqueline Hill. Yeah, I think that that sound that feels right. That feels right. Um, and now the Cybermen as well. That also no, feels Cybermen. right. And of course, I think I gave mine to Stephen, right? Peter Bird is last, mm-hmm. last one too, so he's in there too. Yeah. And I suspect, you know, Patrick Troughton doesn't didn't come away with anything. I I, I strongly suspect um, that will happen eventually. I think he I think his chances of winning an MVP eventually are pretty high. Hmm. Maybe. Um, I, I will stay silent on that. What, does he die in episode one <laughs> of the next season or something? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, last piece of unfinished business. We have to rank. This is kind of a uh, audible we're calling on the season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ranking the Dalek cereals. I suspect we both have the same. So there's seven of them, right? I count six, but hold on. Count six. Okay, there's six of them. I count... Let's see. I have. There's six. There's six. Yeah. I, I guess you could, uh, if you lump it, we're lumping Mission to the Unknown into Dalek's Master Plan, I take it. That's not its yeah. own separate thing. Okay. Yeah. Then there's six. Um, okay. So I think we both have the same last one. 
It's going to – the Daleks, the first Dalek. one? Yeah. yeah. Just um... – It falls apart in the second half. It does. Absolutely. Next up, you know, I I love it, but against its competitors, I don't think it's any. I don't think there's any shame in it being fifth. I have the chase here. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. It's got to be. They must be destroyed. Yeah, it's just, um, I, I can't. I, love I, it. I, I can't yeah. move it up past anything else. But it's it's yeah, it's still really good. There's just four. Mm-hmm. There's just four better candidates in front of it. That's all. Agreed. Agreed. What's your so yeah same same six and five. What's your four? Dalek invasion of Earth. Minus power of the Daleks here. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. We are to wait here until the human beings fight among themselves. Then we will strike and exterminate. 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 Okay, yeah, we have a little divergence here. That's That yeah. makes for a better pod, anyway, so that's good. <laughs> it's just been so long since I've seen it. Maybe there's a recency bias there as well. Um... Although, yeah, it, it's hard to deny that it does have um, the dog's invasion of Earth as that kind of on-location filming and, like, the shots of uh, the yeah. uh, dogs kind of wreaking havoc in downtown London. Uh, pretty potent, but yeah. I just think it's been bested by other ones. That's all. Uh, what's your uh, That's fair. Yeah, we, we obviously, like, we've mentioned before that we've liked all of these. But, yeah, I just, I think that, um, you know, the... Power of Dogs is a little too long, so is Dalek's Invasion of Earth. But it's a little too long, and it, I don't know, I just, I, just, I think it's part of what I, it's, it's a good buy season for story, first companion exit, of course, Power Daleks is the first, with a new doctor, so they both have that, but I guess Dalek Invasion of Earth is the one that's solidified how the dogs are going to be, right? Like, it's a real first one. It's a real first one. And and for that, I think that's why it gets ranked a little bit higher for me. I have it third. I think we should probably just switch. Yeah. My, yeah. Third, my third is Power of the Daleks. I just think it was a nice mm-hmm. it's a nice little reset along with the, uh, a new Doctor. It almost felt like they were resetting the concept of the Daleks for anyone who might be tuning in for the first time to see like this television event. Mm-hmm. I like that. I kind of like the dogs being like this caged animal as opposed to like these like unstoppable forces. I thought that was a nice note to play. It is. I agree. We, we, I mean, we both like both these heroes a lot. It's yep. just, I guess, our preferences. I so just, what's your, what's your runner up then? Uh, my number two is Evil of the Daleks. Yeah, same here. Which I means, just love the Dog yeah. Master plan too much. That, Evil of Daleks is probably, I think, beat for beat, Evil of the Daleks is probably the better serial. But man, I just. I, yeah. Tell me about the Dog Master plan. I just love it. Yeah. I mean, you are surrounded. You will come with us. I'm afraid, my friends, the Daleks have won. I mean, there's some ballast you could cut from, I guess it's 12 episodes, and, you know, one of those is like a unrelated christmas episode and like one of those is like an unrelated prologue um 
it's not unrelated, but it's a separate prologue. But I think it's because yeah. it's so expansive. Like, the fact that there is like a Christmas episode, they stop everything to celebrate Christmas and like run around like a movie studio, is like what makes it special to me. It is it, there's a little mess to it, <laughs> but yeah. um, it's none of it is boring. Uh, unlike like, you know the Daleks, the, that serial, which has some boring ballast. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just yeah. it's it's, it's just. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's the crowning achievement of the show up to this point, in my opinion. Agreed. Mavic Chan, great character. Um, yeah, well, I guess that kind of resolves business for us. That kind of wraps mm-hmm. up the Blinkies for another. <laughs> How often do we do this? Like three times a year or something? Something uh, like that. Yeah. <laughs> for this for this third this quarter. <laughs> uh, so I guess the last question I have for you before I, uh, you know, rattle off some socials and get us out of here. Is there anything that we want to look forward to in season five of classic Doctor Who? Um, hmm. So, yeah. So we got, John's got his, in his groove, right? Like, he's got the character figured out. They've got the character figured out. We're going to transition to a new script editor and um, executive producer. So that's something to look forward to. How you know how smooth would that be? They're taking their time with it, as I've mentioned in the past. Right. Um, we're going to kick off the the year with our with the return of our MVP with Tomb of the Cybermen. And hey, the whole, nice. The whole serial's here, so you know, um, <sighs> there's only one serial that has is either missing or ha- and hasn't been animated. And that's the final one. So we're going to be able to at least watch everything up until then and even that has a couple that still remain so um yeah it'll be a more watchable season than say season three which is good and we're almost we're almost done with the missing serials which is nice that is exciting being able to actually like utilize BritBox and just watch them on the tv instead of hooking Mm -hmm. up the phone or just watch yeah this this, this will be this will be much easier (laughs) it'll be much easier and of course, we got a new companion, Victoria. You know, I mean, she really wasn't able to be a companion very much in Evil Adalek. So you'll see what that team dynamic is going to be like with this second Doctor, Jamie and Victoria. Yeah, we didn't, uh, you know, in the cast breakdown a couple weeks ago, we didn't really jump too far into. Um, I don't even know if I don't remember uh, the actress's name, Deborah Watling. We didn't we didn't break down Deborah Watling's like credentials or like you know, credits or anything, but we will start up season five by uh, doing just that, much like we did with Ben and Polly. So stay tuned for that, and we do hope that you stay tuned for that because um, that will be coming up in a few months, maybe end of the year, maybe start of next year. We'll see. We got some uh, we got some other stuff coming up. Um, we have <laughs> we have the remainder of our tribute to this 90s superhero movies uh kicking off just a couple weeks we'll be taking off next week to prepare for that mm-hmm. and uh uh full schedule will be posted soon on instagram which you can find our instagram at pop culture historians podcast you can find our website at pop culture historians podcast.wordpress.com and uh we're not as active on it as we uh, could be but if you want to get us on twitter as well at PC historians. No life lesson outside of, I guess, uh, tip your server because it's a, uh, yeah, this is, you know, they work hard here at these award events to keep us, uh, you know, <laughs> keep us fed and drunk stuff. So, yeah. Uh, I, any, any parting words? Um, 
Yeah, just that in some corners of the galaxy, uh, you know, evil misspreads, and it's our job to uh, to take them all down. I paraphrase the doctor. Yeah, I think that's basically how he said it. I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. See you all in two weeks. With uh, <laughs> should we announce what we're doing to kick off nineties? Uh, I think okay. you already said it, right? We're doing barbed wire. Yeah, I said. You know what? I said it last episode. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, Barbed Wire starring Pamela Anderson. I can ask you this. Have you ever seen it? I've never even heard of it before (laughs) doing this project with you, Ryan. Uh, I've never seen it. It doesn't seem like something I'm going to like. So uh, (laughs) we'll talk all about it in two weeks. All right. All right. Uh, My name is Ryan. That was Jimmy. We're the Pop Culture Historians. Catch you then. All right, bye.